Hello, and welcome to episode four of One Minute and 43 Seconds, a true Unsolved Mysteries podcast. And today, I don't have any guests. It's just me. As you may know, Soheeb has joined me for the past two episodes, um, and I hope to have him back in the future. But today, I wanted to tell you about the Unsolved Mystery that sparked my interest in Unsolved Mysteries over 10 years ago when I was first made aware of it. Today, I want to talk to you about a young woman that vanished without a trace, and her name is Katherine Schoberg. The year was 1974, and the place was southern Wisconsin. The word Oconomowoc is familiar to those from the area, but to many outsiders, it's quite a memorable name for a town. In 1974, Oconomowoc High School was holding their prom on the night of June 4th. Kathy Schoberg was a junior that year, and she would be in attendance. At 17 years old, by all accounts, she was a happy young woman with a bright future. Her light brown hair fell just below her shoulders. She had striking green eyes and a face full of freckles. Kathy was to attend her prom that night with her on-again, off-again boyfriend, Tim. Before she headed out that evening, she took photos with her family members. Dressed in a light blue gown with pink and brown trim, a corsage, and a gold necklace, it was clear that Kathy was ready for the occasion. Sadly, these photos would mark the last moment that Kathy's family would ever see her again. As per tradition, prom night at Oconomowoc High School did not end when the last song played. The celebrations would continue at an after-party at a dance hall called the Concord House, in the nearby small town of Concord, Wisconsin, about seven miles southwest of Oconomowoc. Located off Interstate 94, some distance back from a frontage road, the Concord House is located in quite a rural area and is still in existence today. In 1974, the Concord House was surrounded by marshes and farmland in every direction. And if you weren't attending an event there, It would be but a mere blip on a map for passers-by, despite a small town center about a mile west from the venue. At some point during the night, in the early morning hours, roughly around 3 a.m., Kathy and her boyfriend Tim got in an argument. I haven't been able to find out what caused this argument, but Kathy stepped outside into the night to cool off, but she never came back. Kathy's boyfriend, Tim, assumed that she left with her friends as she had planned to stay the night with them. But there was some misunderstanding, as her friends thought she was leaving with Tim. Whether it was fatigue, a miscommunication, or influence of any other substances, Kathy's departure did not immediately raise eyebrows. Kathy's mother, Ruth, didn't worry about her daughter immediately either. As far as she knew, Kathy was going to spend the night with her friends. However, she was supposed to distribute programs at her high school's commencement ceremony the next day, and it would have been unlikely for her to miss a commitment like this, according to her mother. Furthermore, Kathy was supposed to be the maid of honor in a wedding later that summer for a family member. This solidified Ruth's belief that her daughter would not run away. She just didn't come home and didn't come home. Kathy's sister, Wendy Tesh, told today's TMJ4 in 2012. 
Ground and aerial searches of the area around the Concord house turned up no sign of Kathy. Police also thoroughly investigated her boyfriend, Tim. He was also her date for the prom that night, if you recall. But he was ruled out as a suspect pretty quickly. Not only did he never leave the sight of his friends the entire night after Kathy walked out, but he took and passed three lie detector tests. Friends of Tim also said he was devastated by Kathy's disappearance. The Concord House, while it has been a place of many happy occasions, such as parties or wedding receptions, has a little bit of a dark reputation because of another event that happened there. Six years after Kathy's disappearance in 1980, there was another disappearance from the Concord House, this time a couple. 19-year-old Tim Hack and Kelly Drew vanished after attending a wedding reception at the Concord House. They didn't plan on staying long, as they had plans to attend a carnival with their friends after. They never showed up. Tim's father, David, reported the couple missing the next day when they failed to show up for church, which was unusual for them. Tim's car was found parked in the Concord House parking lot, still locked with his wallet inside. Several days later, police would discover disturbing items. Rope, along with Kelly's shredded clothes, about three miles from the Concord House. The next day, they discovered Tim's body. He had been stabbed. It wasn't until two months later that Kelly's body was found. She had been sexually assaulted and strangled. The horrific manner in which these two met their end was all the more devastating for their families. The murder of Tim and Kelly was a mystery that haunted Wisconsin in the years that followed. I actually went to school with Tim Hack's niece. As she was my age, she sadly never met her uncle, as his life was taken from him before she would ever be born. In 2009, almost 30 years after the couple was murdered, Edward Wayne Edwards was arrested after DNA matched bodily fluids found on Kelly's pants to him. He later confessed to assaulting Kelly and murdering the couple. He had been working as a handyman at the Concord House at the time of the crime. He had murdered another couple in 1977 in Ohio, Billy Lavaco and Judy Straub. He also murdered his 25-year-old, unofficially adopted son, Danny Boy Edwards, in 1996. Edwards was sentenced to death but died in 2011 from a number of health problems in prison before he was executed. The arrest of Edward Edwards provided closure for the Hack and Drew families and also a glimmer of hope for Kathy's family. They thought that maybe this finding would lead to Kathy's disappearance being solved, but that optimism would be short-lived. Edwards was not even in the state of Wisconsin in 1974, and therefore ruled out as a suspect. Bringing the investigation into Kathy's disappearance, which was already a cold case, back to square one. Kathy's disappearance is truly one that could be described as her disappearing without a trace. For that summer after she vanished, the only evidence, and I use that term loosely, were reported sightings of Kathy. Some as far as California. Sadly, these leads were all checked out and all determined to be unfounded. 
There in one instant and gone the next, almost as if she never existed. But she did exist, and she left behind a hole in the lives of her family and friends. What happened to Kathy that night in 1974? One of the theories that circulated as a rumor amongst Kathy's peers was that she perhaps wandered into some marsh and found herself in deeper water than she anticipated. Remember, the area surrounding the Concord House in 1974 was very rural. This theory follows the notion that Kathy drowned. But let's remember that she was all dressed up that night in her prom outfit, which included high heel shoes. Her making the decision to go on a walk in this kind of rough terrain while not dressed for the occasion seems far-fetched. Then again, she was said to be angry, and people don't always think rationally when they're angry. Still, I think it's a little too far-fetched that Kathy would wander off in the dark, in a marsh, in her nice clothes. But it is still possible, I suppose. Another popular theory in Kathy's case is that she attempted to hitchhike back to Sullivan, where she lived. As I mentioned earlier, the Concord House is located in the middle of nowhere, but the interstate runs right by it. If you travel on the interstate west, you'll eventually reach Madison, the state capital, and east, you'll reach Milwaukee, the largest city in the state of Wisconsin. As sad as it is to think about, someone with nefarious intentions could have spotted Kathy and offered her a ride and taken her anywhere they wanted, near or far. In fact, if someone did abduct Kathy that night, he or she could have been states away before dawn and before anyone would have noticed that Kathy was missing. Sadly, if I were to make a guess about what happened to Kathy, I would say that she encountered the wrong person while trying to hitchhike. I do know that hitchhiking was more common in the 1970s than it is today, so I think it's possible that Kathy, maybe tired and frustrated after her fight with her boyfriend, wanted to get home as quickly as possible. So she thought maybe she could get a ride by hitchhiking on Interstate 94. I definitely don't personally believe that Kathy's boyfriend Tim was responsible for this disappearance. Like I mentioned earlier, Tim never left the sight of his friends and, by all accounts, was devastated when Kathy disappeared. The fact that he passed three polygraph tests really just tells me that they got in a fight, and while that's unfortunate, I really don't think he had anything to do with it. Kathy's mother, Ruth, held a memorial service for her daughter in 1995, nearly 21 years after her disappearance. As of today, it has been 46 years since that night in 1974, and the questions still outnumber the answers by a large margin. If alive today, Kathy would be 63 years old, perhaps with kids of her own, maybe even grandkids. She would have gone on to finish school, probably got a degree. And it's just so heartbreaking that Kathy's future was taken from her. At this point, as that fateful night in June of 1974 fades further and further into the past, it's unlikely that Kathy's disappearance will be solved without someone coming forward. At the time of her disappearance, Kathy was 5 feet 5 inches tall and 115 pounds. She had green eyes, freckles, high cheekbones, and pierced ears.
She had light brown hair. And I'm going to be posting photos of Kathy from 1974, along with age progression photos to show what Kathy might look like today at 63 years old. Kathy's full name is Katherine Lynn Schoberg. If you have any information on Kathy's disappearance, please contact the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office at 920-674-7300. As much as I wish there was more information in this case, this is sadly all we have. Whatever happened to Kathy that night, I would simply hope that you remember her name from time to time. Whether you're from Wisconsin or not, maybe you'll be driving on Interstate 94 and past the Concord House. Maybe you've never heard of this case and you'll Google her name and look at her photo. Just know that she existed. If even a few more people do that, we can keep Kathy's memory alive. Thank you, as always, for listening to 1 Minute and 43 Seconds, a true Unsolved Mysteries podcast. To see photos related to this case, please follow the podcast on Instagram at 143mysteries. If you have any case suggestions, you can email me at 143mysteries at gmail.com, or you can visit 143mysteries.com and submit a case suggestion there. A reminder that the podcast is now available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and YouTube. So pick your favorite platform and subscribe for future episodes. Take care, be well, and I'll talk to you again next time. This podcast has been approved by Skipper the Cat. Right, Skippy?